Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Well, I'm continuing the thread of talking about different games I got for Christmas here on the BitCast. Thanks for listening. You know, thank you in advance. Don't. This isn't the end of the show yet. <laughs> so, one of the games I got for Christmas was Super Mario 3D World back when it launched in 2013 for a Nintendo Wii U because I was one of the 20 people in the world to have a Wii U. And my story with this game is kind of interesting for me. It's nothing unheard of, but the thing is, I marathoned the entire, well, most of the game in a single night. I'd like to say the entire game, but then there's this whole post-game stretch that the game introduces, and I never really finished all that. But I got to the end of the final battle with Bowser. That's something, right? So, this game is kind of the Wii U's big Mario product. Sunshine was the GameCube Mario offering, Nintendo Wii had the Mario Galaxy games, and later the Switch would have Mario Odyssey. The Wii U just had Super Mario 3D World, and it was really not the same. It was a good game. I liked it a little more than Super Mario 3D Land, actually. It felt like a more fleshed-out version of the concept, though... 3D Land did have a certain charm to it that 3D World lacked. Not really sure what it is, though. I guess maybe the novelty or the relative simplicity. Mario 3D World, it, it kind of has the same energy as that essay you turn in at the last minute that has a lot of unnecessary words to fill out the minimum word requirement. No, it's like there. there's not a whole lot of newness to the game. There's some, definitely enough to have fun with, but it, it feels like they're kind of budgeted for this game a bit more than they would be with Odyssey or Galaxy. Definitely smaller scale. This was around the time that Nintendo got a lot less ambitious with Mario, I mentioned it a long time ago when I talked about Mario Galaxy 2, how that game kind of signified Mario games getting a lot more samey and playing it a lot more safe. And it wasn't really until Mario Odyssey that they started turning that around a little bit. This game was in the middle of all that. It tried to do a bit more than what a new Super game would do. It introduced a charging chucks back into the mainline games, because now we've got them appearing all over the place. It was the first playable appearance of Rosalina outside of Mario Kart. It was This was even before she was in Smash Brothers, mind you. It introduced Captain Toad as we know him today. He was originally just the Toad Brigade captain in the Mario Galaxy games, and this game is the one that kind of turned him into his current incarnation. Gosh, saying the word incarnation in reference to a little toad, that just sounds so cursed. This game had a lot of charm to it, even though it didn't really go a lot of places with it. It seemed like a good synthesis between the 2D Mario style games, the 2D style Mario games, though I guess the other way around is also accurate. But 
It also merged 2D styles and 3D styles together, but of course that could be said for Super Mario 3D Land, too. And I have to say, it's a little difficult keeping track of this game's title versus Mario 3D Land, because they're both just Super Mario Land and Super Mario World, but also with 3D in it, and that could apply to a lot of the Mario 3D games. The way I like to remember it is, this is a bigger game, and a world is bigger than a land, so there you go. I remember the original trailer for this game was very underwhelming. People thought that Nintendo had just completely lost it. The introductory trailer for the game, it introduced the cat power-up, which looked very broken, like you could just win the game way too easily with it. And it showed you the clear warp pipes. Those were the two big selling points in the trailer. And people were like, you're asking us to pay $60 for clear pipes and automatic flagpoles. Yeah, not a good look, especially not in the middle of the Wii U's... I think it was still the beginning, but... The very early parts of the Wii U's lifespan, when people had already lost faith in the Mario games at the time. It wasn't until the second trailer that a lot of the game's charm came to light. They showed a lot more unique backgrounds and stuff, and a lot of the different enemies, including Bowser and his awesome car. That might be one of my favorite mainline Bowser fights of all time, just him and his big old pimp car. I don't, I don't know why he has that. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, okay. Bowser's been at this long enough. He thought, no, you know what? Let's just drive slowly and throw soccer ball bombs out of the back of my car. That's not weird. This game has a little bit of a circus motif to it. It's not super prominent until the end of the game, but every once in a while you get a... It's not super prominent, but every once in a while you get a circus level that you have to visit, and it's really neat what they do with the music is that it progresses to a different part of the song based on where you are in the level. It's really unique, and not a whole lot of the levels do that. But you get a circus level somewhere in the first world, and somewhere later on in the game too, and every so often, on your trip between the different worlds, you get interrupted to fight another boss after you just defeated a boss, and it takes place in some kind of circus environment. Then you get to World 7, Bowser's Castle. It's technically World Castle, I guess, but, you know, World 7. And that's a little odd, because you would expect World 8 to be Bowser's domain, so it's like, oh, kind of slacking here, huh? Except it's kind of weird, because this game doesn't really adhere to world themes very much. Like, Except for maybe the first couple stages in each world, they don't really match the biome displayed on the world map. But anyway, you get to World 7, and you beat Bowser in his car again, and then the path to World 8 is unlocked, and it's a whole Bowser-themed carnival. This is World Bowser. And this is where all the 
implications of carnivals and stuff were leading up to and we get rematches with those circus bosses that we ran into it's really neat i wish they did a bit more with it though it's just a little too subtle for my liking this game introduced the cat power-up that i mentioned which seems to be one of peach's go-to power-ups now because they have cat peach in mario kart 8's dlc and that's one of her forms in Mario Odyssey Graffiti. This also introduced the Double Cherry, which is a really interesting power-up that kind of shakes up the gameplay where you have to have two different Marios, and then maybe three, and then maybe four, and you occasionally need to keep a certain amount of Marios alive. Of course, I say Mario's, but you can also play as Luigi, or Princess Peach, or the Blue Toad, or Rosalina, like I said, if you unlock her in the post-game. And it's really interesting to me that they decided to go ahead and make Peach a playable character. I thought, oh, that's neat. And then she's just replaced with the uh, Sprixie Princesses as the damsels in distress of the game. Bowser has no interest in Princess Peach whatsoever in this game, and he has no known motivation for capturing the Sprixie princesses. I don't really know what they're doing with that. It's just pretty obvious that they're not Peach. That's with a capital N in not. They're not Peach so that they can be rescued while Peach can still be playable because we need some kind of damsel in distress, I guess. I don't really know what the whole point of that was, because this is when Mario games were unambitious, like I said. They didn't care about story in the slightest, as long as the gameplay was fun. And that's an approach that is serviceable, but detrimental to the charm and reputation overall. It would be nice to know why we're going through all this trouble... Maybe there was a bit too much of it in Mario Galaxy 1, I disagree, but I think Mario Odyssey found a nice medium where we at least had a reason for going to every world, even if it was pretty much in the background and just a little bit of dialogue here and there from Bowser. It doesn't have to be Final Fantasy thirteen or Metal Gear Solid 4 or something, but no, just Bowser kidnapped some fairies, go to the levels, beat him up. Okay, see you later. This game has a better variety of bosses than Mario 3D Land did, at least. Because in that game, you just fought Bowser a couple times, though some of them were decoys. And you fought Boom Boom, who made his return from Mario Bros. 3, and Pom Pom, his sister, I think. I don't know if they're boyfriend and girlfriend, or they're siblings or cousins or what it's kind of a toad and toadette situation or an ice climber situation they don't they don't really say too much about how they're supposed to be connected in this game all of them come back though bowser fights a little differently and you get a different boss in each world that as long as it's not bowser or boom boom or pom pom and they're all uh okay bosses they're they're not really impressive, they're just big monsters, you hit them three times, that's about it. The circus bosses that occasionally shake things up, they're a bit more interesting, I'll hand them that much at least. 
the histocrat king and motley boss blob, as they're called. Like I said, the levels in the game don't really adhere to a lot of the themes of the world maps. So you just get... Here's a random cookie stage in the middle of the Bowser theme park. Have fun with that, I guess. It kind of works for the circus stages because you you never really know when the circus bosses show up and Bowser's theme park at the end is supposed to be kind of a surprise. So I, I, I guess I spoiled that. But the other stages don't really have much justification or fanfare to them either. It's just, well, okay, here's a level now. Like, in the middle of the cloud world, which has only a few cloud stages, I think, I don't actually remember, it's been so long, it has this mansion that mixes a bunch of Chinese and Japanese aesthetics, and it's actually one of the best levels in the whole game, very unique and memorable, but it has no connection to the fact that you're in a cloud world, and I don't even know what the Sprixy Princesses are for. Or is this their kingdom? Or are we rescuing them from their own castles? What's going on here? Game really doesn't explain anything. It really just prefers to focus on the gameplay. You get the occasional Captain Toad levels to break up the action, the occasional mystery marathon houses. You get... And there's... A level here or there that's kind of based off shoot 'em up games in space and all that kind of stuff. That they they try to throw something new at you every once in a while, but I, I don't know. It just doesn't really like have anything cohesive to bring the whole game together. What's really kind of a little bit sad even, is that this game is implied to be kind of a sequel to Captain Toad Treasure Tracker because the ending of the story mode of that game had Captain Toad and Toadette come across the beginning of Mario 3D World, but then in the Switch version they changed it to reference the beginning of Mario Odyssey, I think, so well, forget you, Mario 3D World. Friendship ended with Super Mario 3D World. Now, Super Mario Odyssey is my best friend. So, like I was saying before, I played the game in one night because this was back in 2013. I didn't have an internet connection for the longest time, so all I really did was just read stuff on my phone and play video games because I, I used, like, the phone's, like, data plan. It, it, it's a whole thing. But I got Mario 3D World, and I beat World 1 and World 2 in one sitting, and then I thought, well, I could either be playing this game or I could be not playing this game. So that was my plan. I played through all the first eight worlds of the game in a single night because I was bored and I just really wanted to experience this game. Usually, if I do something like that with a Mario game, it takes me at least two days to do it. I'll play through a good chunk of it the first day, and then I'll play all the way up to Bowser the next day or something like that. But here, I just like, nope, just one and done, I'm gone. I, I was going so fast and so expertly that my dad accused me of already knowing what the levels were like. 
even though I'd never seen them before. I kind of regret that, though, because it makes my whole experience with this game a blur, and I could go back to play at any time, but, uh, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to go hook up the Wii U and stuff again. Kind of a weird story I'll have with this game that was, was mostly because of the circumstances surrounding me playing it. I didn't want to just blast through that game, but I kind of did, and I don't think I'd want to do that again. I'll have to pace myself more, though these days I'm actually pretty good at pacing, like maybe too good at it. And it made a lot of parts of the game kind of like a fever dream. Like, I thought Cat Bowser at the end of the game, I th I th the next day I was convinced that I just dreamed that, that I was just like sleep deprived or something. Like, oh, oh yeah, Bowser turned into a cat for some reason. It was really weird. And there were a whole bunch of him running around. But uh, no, the final battle is you climbing a tower while Bowser uses every power-up at the same time to defeat you, which, honestly, good for Bowser. It's about time he started thinking outside the box like that. A little weird that he didn't do that more often, but, you know, he's also the kind of guy who tries to throw soccer ball bombs out of the back of his car. He'll try anything once. After you beat Bowser, you unlock a space-themed world, which is really neat, and that's where you meet Rosalina. Not right away, though. You have to beat the first two levels in there. It's kind of a weird number, but okay. And then after you beat World 9, uh, I don't even know if it's called World 9 anymore. I think they're all called these weird other things. You get two other worlds that you visit that are all based off past stages in the game, but remixed in some way, which is kind of cheating. It's just harder versions of past levels, but this is a very old trope in video games, to be fair, like the second quest in Zelda, or the bonus worlds in Super Mario Brothers Lost Levels. So, okay, that's nothing new in more ways than one. Then you finally get to World Crown, which just has three stages. One of them is the final Captain Toad, the other is the final Mystery House, and then the main event of this final Crown World is Champion's Road, which continues the theme from Mario Galaxy 2 and Mario 3D Land of having a brutal final level to complete at the end of everything. And if you die anywhere, anywhere in this stage, that's it. You go back to the beginning. And I I really hate that design. That's not really challenging so much as it's wasting my time. I, I get it. They think that, oh, if you're so good, how about you do it all in one go? But it's just... It doesn't sound fun to just always worry about going back to the early parts and stuff. Even if you get better at them, you don't always... It's just... Ah. That's why I'll probably never do that if I ever return to this game, which I might or might not. It's getting that Switch version with Bowser's Fury attached to it. I don't know what that's supposed to be about. But okay, that's a thing, I guess. Haven't really done much to explain that, but hey, it's got online multiplayer now. That's only what Nintendo fans have been asking for for ages. You know, we kind of want it outside of just Smash Brothers and sports games. 
They, they finally listen. I, I, I have, like, 100% confidence that they only did that for social distancing reasons. Like, if we didn't have a pandemic going on, they wouldn't have even considered online multiplayer for the Mario 3D World port. But, you know, hey, silver lining. Maybe that'll be normalized now in more of Nintendo's multiplayer games. We can only hope. Anyway, that has been my episode about Mario 3D World. See you all on the next one. Thank you for listening. Listen to Bitcast anytime on podcast1.com and on the Podcast One app.